0: If you dare. The numbers told the story. They always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
1: Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com. the Visa app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. what I leave out? It's Gil Alexander once again. Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, is here as well. Good morning to you, Jeff. Does it get better than this? Friday morning before the Super Bowl. And we have a cavalcade of amazing guests. It's it's ridiculous today. Uh, We will be joined by Football Outsiders founder Aaron Schatz, who joins us one final time this season. Talk about his analytics-driven lens on Super Bowl 56. Paul Carr on his favorite Super Bowl props as it relates to soccer, because obviously soccer's his beat, so he's got the cross parlays. Dr. Bob with six or seven of his favorite props. Uh, the ones he likes the most, some of which are still, I think most of which are still in play on that. Steve Berline will join us. Uh, and then we have a big interview, by the way. By the way, Vinny, Mal- Vinny Maliulo, as always, will join us. We have a big interview this weekend as part of our 56 hours of uh, free wall-to-wall Super Bowl coverage. Brent Musburger on Sunday at noon Eastern is going to have a one-on-one sit-down interview with Billy Walters, the holy grail of all sports betting interviews, and we will run a clip today from that piece, a little preview. Billy Walters on analytics. Cannot wait. Turns out he's my spirit animal. Ladies and gentlemen, though, I'm thrilled to uh, start the show today with a gentleman who every time I hear him on anything, uh, whether it's on Westwood One, whether it's on CBS, whether it's on his podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, I'm always impressed with his insights. Ladies and gentlemen, Ross Tucker, first
2: time on the show. How you doing, Ross? Thanks for doing this. Gil, fantastic. I've been on with the morning guys a couple times. Great to be on with you now. Big fan of everything you guys are doing over there. Thank you for having
1: me. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Uh, your, your career bookended, I should always mention, when the Washington football team is involved. I'm a lifelong Washington fan. Bookended by stints. On the Washington football team. So, already uh, good stead here on the show. Uh, Let's just talk, let's just get into it. Super Bowl 56. It's four primarily consensus around the country. Uh, The Rams are four point favorites. We do see some three and a half now popping up at certain shops around the nation. Uh, Before we get into your prop bets, total, by the way, remains at 48.5. That total is not moving anywhere. Your thoughts on the game from just the betting standpoint of the line itself?
2: I've been pretty consistent now for almost two weeks. I love the bangles and the points, frankly. And I know every, every half point matters, but anything three and a half or more, I love the bangles in this game. Uh, There's a couple reasons for that. Number one, these bangles don't blink, man. I mean, you go back to that Titans game. And the way they were able to still win that one, I was on the sideline. You reference Westwood one for the AFC championship game down 21, three to rally back. And even after they took the lead and then have it tied up and have to go to overtime and still win. This group just believes I think Joe Burrow is the biggest reason for that. And I just think if you're going to give me, you know, more than a field goal, I'm going to take it. I think there's a decent chance they win the game. I would lean to the Rams. I think the Rams are a little bit better of a team. I think the Rams are better up front on both sides. The ball. Rams will probably win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bengals won it. I do think it'll be a close game. I know it's a small sample size, but we have six playoff games in a row that, that ended on you know a three-point margin or a game-winning field goal or whatever. So I, I still like the Bengals and the points quite a bit. Yeah, so the, let me just follow
1: up with the, the one big question of that. When you're a former offensive lineman, so you're the perfect person to ask this of, the Rams famously sacked the opposing quarterback this year 50 times, third in the NFL. Uh, The Bengals, though, as we have talked about, and you just alluded to it here, they've given up 55 sacks this year. Just an awful, you know, outfit at this point that they've had, the Bengals have had to sort of overcome. And so for those of us who I guess, whichever side you're on, for those who are worried about that one specific matchup, is it as simple as saying,
2: Joe Burrow and the Bengals just figure it out regardless? Well, listen, you you should be worried about it. it. It is a mismatch. But the thing I would tell you is, The Bengals know their offensive line. Isn't that great? The Rams know their offensive line. Gil knows. I know. I mean, we all know. So it's no secrets to me. It's really incumbent upon Zach Taylor and the coaching staff to make sure that's not the reason why they lose the game. He's going to get sacked a couple times. There's no question. I don't know if he'll be able to get out of it and run for four third down conversions like Joe Burrow did against the chiefs. But I do think the Bengals will have an answer. I think the difference between this year and last year is I don't think the chiefs thought their offensive line would be such a liability against the bucks. So they didn't really account for it. The Bengals have had two weeks knowing we can't block these guys straight up. So whether they try to run the ball more first down, play action, Uh, go to the empty set more to let Joe Burrow get rid of the ball quickly. there's a lot of different things they can do Two tight end sets, a lot of different options they have to try to help those guys. And I guess I have confidence that the Bengals aren't going to allow that to be the reason why they lose the game. Ross, if I come to you on
1: Monday and I say, Hey Ross, man, this, the stage proved to be too big for one of these two quarterbacks. So clearly, Your guess or your best sort of educated uh, analysis as to who that quarterback is, is going to be who of the two.
2: Well, I think you have to go Stafford. You have to go Stafford. Uh, You know, Joe Burrow has never lost a playoff game. I don't know if we count college playoff games now or not, but he, he, he never lost one of those at LSU. He hasn't lost an NFL playoff game yet. He believes he's going to win those games. Now, I, I give Stafford a lot of credit. They had a fourth-quarter comeback against the Niners, the throw he made to Cooper Cup to beat the Bucks. Stafford has been clutch, but we've also seen other moments. How about the dropped interception by Joukowsky-Tart in yeah. the NFC Championship game? I've got more faith in Joe Burrow. I interviewed him a couple minutes after the AFC Championship game, Gil, he was the most relaxed guy I've ever interviewed in my life. He said, Ross, well, so you got three questions. The first question I asked him about the game, he was so, like, chill. I immediately switched gears, as a good interviewer does, Gil, for my second question. I was like, Joe, you just won the AFC Championship game. You're going to the Super Bowl. How are you so calm right now? And he said, well, I was, I was excited a couple minutes ago when Evan made the kick, but – you know, I thought we would win this is what we came here to do. And I'm already looking forward to the next one. Like this guy <laughs> is just flatline, man. I mean, he, he, it just doesn't phase him. So I, if it comes down to the last drive, which quarterback, all that stuff, I've got more faith in Burrow. And then
1: similarly, if I came to you Monday, I said, wow, the game hinged on this terrible decision by one of the two head coaches, that head coach would be.
2: That's a good one because I I don't envision there being a terrible decision by either one of them. I will say this. I was not high on Zach Taylor until this year. I thought he was a dreadful coach the first two years. So I guess that shows you how much I know. He's done a really nice job. Obviously this year, got some coach of the year votes last night. I will say this, and I don't know how impactful this is or not Gil, But the guy with the most to lose in this Super Bowl, in my mind, is Sean McVay. Mm. And I don't know if he learned from that first Super Bowl or not. They didn't score a touchdown. You know, he's boy wonder. He's a good-looking dude. Everybody (laughs) from the staff is getting hired. You know, Zach Taylor was on his staff. He's a genius, all those things. You know, if he goes 0 for 2 in Super Bowls, and he gets out coached by Lou Anarumo, the D coordinator for the Bengals, who is legit, then people will start to say, okay, you know, McVay's obviously a good coach, but they've got a pretty loaded roster, and he still can't win the big one. When it gets to the Super Bowl, he's got two weeks to prepare. He can't do it. So I think there's actually probably more pressure, because Stafford has alleviated a lot of that just by winning three playoff games, getting here, I think the guy with the most pressure in this game immediately becomes Sean McVay. It's very, it's a very interesting take on it uh, real quick. Your favorite single prop bet, Ross, both quarterback rushing yard overs, both quarterbacks. Those numbers are based on the whole season. So I love the fact that in the playoffs, they are a lot more likely to run five and a half at DraftKings for Stafford. That's one run. Burrow's 11 and a half at DraftKings. Very likely that might be one run for him. He's going to be running a few times. Perhaps it's two, but either way, I've been a big fan this whole postseason of quarterback rushing total overs.
1: All right. And those are, again, five and a half at 11 and a half, as you see on the screen right there, courtesy of BetMGM, proud sponsors of this program. All right, Ross, uh, before you go, there, there's something you're involved with that you wanted to uh, say a few words about.
2: Yo. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. It's the greatest Valentine's Day gift ever. Nobody watching or listening right now knows what to get their wife or significant other. They get on the same thing every year. Don't do it. They have a writer that writes a story about your wife. Looks like it's framed beautiful on the cover of the newspaper. When she opens it, she'll be like, what? What is this? And you say, hey, babe. I want to do something special for you. I had a story written about you, which just sounds awesome. And then she reads the quotes, you know, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does for the family or all the football she lets me watch or all the time she lets me bet. Whatever it is, she will cry, Gil. I'm t- she will cry. You will win. MyFrontPagestory.com. MyFrontPagestory.com. Trust me. Ross,
1: let me get this straight. Is that a tear inducing guarantee that you're making right there? I'm not gonna
2: guarantee it, I don't know your wife, but I will say this, highly likely (laughs) that she will cry. As long as you give the writer the right quotes, all you have to say is, I just, I never appreciate all the little things she does, I never tell her enough, that's it, dude, that's all you have to say, and she will cry when she, plus here's the thing, it's framed, right, so you hang it up in the office or in the house. And she will look at it every day. It's a gift. It's It's on giving. Myfrontpagestory.com.
1: Thank you, Ross. Appreciate it, man. Great seeing you. Enjoy the game. Ross Tucker, everybody. At Ross Tucker NFL, uh, the Ross Tucker football podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Dr. Bob, his favorite props, a bunch of them next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network
1: big game right around the corner, and we're talking just over 48 hours now. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically low Located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, it is a numbers game where sports betting analytics live. whole bunch of analytics today from Aaron Schatz. Billy, what we're gonna run, the Brent Billy Walters clip that has to do with analytics a little later on, and nothing. Is more no person more associated with analytics in the uh, effort to predict the outcomes of sporting events than this gentleman right here, pioneer in the field. You can follow him on Twitter at drbobsports. It's Dr. Bob, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Bobby?
4: I'm good. I've, I've got my coffee. You know, uh, for years I've been telling my wife that I'm the world's greatest sports handicapper. Whether that's true or not, she <laughs> seems to believe it. She got me a mug with a picture of me on it that says "World's Greatest." Sports handicapper. Wow, I'm enjoying my coffee in a uh, in a mug that makes me feel good about myself.
1: <laughs> that makes you. There you go. Well, we all need a little. Uh, we all need a little pump up. We all need a wife like that. Yes, we in, do. You. Yes, we do. Tell her I said hello. All right. Before we get to your favorite right. props, Bob, the game itself. Uh, special numbers game investigation reveals that Super Bowl 56 is taking uh, place on Sunday. Or as uh, Rufus's brother cleverly called it, <laughs> called it Superb Owl 56, which I thought was phenomenal. That's therapist for 500, Alex. Um, what do you got? Rams minus four.
4: Yeah, I like the Rams minus four. I think the true line should be six. And the true line, you know, the model that uh, I've been using the last six years um, based on play-by-play metrics, advanced metrics based on play-by-play data. Since that model come along, whatever that model projects, the difference between that model and the actual line, the true line, meaning what the line actually is in reality, is usually right in between my model's prediction and the actual line. My model has the Rams by 8, the line is 4, so I think the true line is 6. And If the true line is 6, then the Rams would have a 58-plus percent chance of covering as 4-point favorite and 56% as 45 now, it might be a little bit lower than that because the variance in Super Bowls is historically greater. So, those percentages are probably a little bit less than that, but still a good play on the Rams. I think at minus four.
1: All right. Ross Tucker comes on. He likes the Bengals. Bob comes on. He likes the Rams. I have a feeling it's going to be that kind of morning. Uh, okay. Let's get to your props. And many of these are still available, if not all, Bob. starting Yeah, with... I think a lot of them still are. Yeah, a lot of them still are. Let's start with one that everybody can get with longest field goal over 47 and a half yards. You like the over on this. Can you can you give a brief explanation as to how you get to this?
4: Well, first of all, McPherson just he's he's just so clutch from long distance. He's 9 of 11 on 50-yard field goals or more in 9 of 19 games, nearly half. He's he he alone has kicked a field goal of 48 yards or more despite only playing two games out Inside of domes the entire season. Now, kicking in domes is a lot easier, and there tends to be longer field goals in domes because coaches take those chances more in domes. Uh, you get an extra few yards in domes. Um, so he's only had two games in domes the entire season, and he still kicked nine, nine of 19 games. He still had a kick of 48 yards or more. Now, uh, Matt Gay is not necessarily a long-distance player. He's a super-accurate kicker. He's only had a 48-yard <clears throat> kick or more in five of 20 games, which is not a lot. But, in the, but he's 0 for 6 in outdoor games. So in the domes, he's been 5 of 14. But even if you don't even factor in the domes, the chance of kick getting a 48-yard field goal by one of the kickers is 1 minus the chance that neither kicker makes a 48-yard field goal or more. Now, McPherson did not make 1 in 10 out of 19. And Gay did not make a 48-yard field goal in 15 of 20. You multiply those together, you get 0. .395, subtract that from 1.605, so 60%. That at least one would kick a field goal 48 yards or more in normal conditions. These are better than normal conditions uh, in the dome, so I, I think the percentage is a little bit high is higher than that. So I went over 47 and a half. I laid minus 120. Might be up a little bit now, but. Over 47.5 yards for the longest field
1: goal. All right, we're going to get through a bunch of these. For those who are wondering, we will list them at the end of uh, Bob's time here with us on the air this morning, and we will put them in the uh, in the newsletter if Bob permits us to, but we'll certainly list them here at the end of uh, Bob's segments. Cam Akers, over 15.5 receiving yards. Let me ask you, and you say up to 17, let me ask you about something like this. You probably make a bet like this, and then you hear stuff. I don't know how much it affects you, though. I guess that's my question. You hear stuff from Sean McVay like, well, no, Daryl Henderson's going to play some football here. So do you like this oh, bet man. as much?
4: Well, yeah, that was sort of news that came out after the fact. <laughs> so, uh, the thing is, uh, um, Akers is their best-receiving running back. He led—I mean, he didn't play a ton this year, but in the games he's played, he's led the Rams running back in yards per route run. He led the Rams running backs last year in yards per route run. If they're going to run a screen which I think they will in this game uh, for a couple of reasons, then likely Akers would be in the game. I like Henderson as a runner because they have not been running the ball that well. I think he's a, he's a better runner, but Akers is the, is the pass catcher. So I think he'll be in the game when they plan to run a screen. Uh, and the Bengals did not do a good job of covering running back out of the backfield for one thing. Um, they, were, they they allow the fourth most targets to running backs this season in the entire league. So they give up a lot of targets to running backs. And remember in the Kansas City game they dropped eight a lot in the second half, and they might do a little. They might do more of that this week, as, you know, in this game as well, where they're dropping a lot of uh, people in the coverage. And if that's the case, a lot of dump offs, you know, will happen. So I, I think it still goes over.
1: Cam Acres over fifteen and a half still likes it. All right, total net yards set at seven hundred sixty-five and a half. You decided to go which way on this, and why?
4: Well, I went under, and this is—I, you know—I agree with the total forty-eight and a half points. And this year in the NFL, uh, average amount of yards per point was fourteen point nine. Seven hundred sixty-five and a half yards, net yards, would suggest fifteen point eight yards per point, which is nearly one higher than the NFL average per yards per point. Now, these teams are more efficient than average teams in the NFL. Rams and Bengals, uh, well, the Rams uh, scored a point every 13.8 yards, so it only takes them 13.8 yards to score a point. The Bengals were 13.5 yards in the 19 games that Burrow played. So they're both better than the league average of 14.9 yards per point. Now, 14.9, just if you have league average yards per point, that would equate to – Seven hundred twenty-three total yards to get to forty-eight point five points. So already, just if their league average, that would go under, and they're probably going to score a little bit more efficiently than the league average, which they've done all season. So, uh, conservatively, I said fourteen point five yards per point. The totals forty-eight and a half is right, which I think it is. That's seven hundred three total yards. So it was just a simple, simple as that.
1: Simple to you, Bob. Not simple to everybody. Some people have because uh, I'm, I'm curious with some of these how you arrive at them. This is this is one I always wanted to ask you about. Uh, so there's which is going to be the higher scoring half. And you've gone with the second half here as the higher scoring half. Minus 120 is where you got it. You said it's good up to minus 140, that the second half uh, will be the higher scoring half, that that's a good bet. How do you come to this kind of wager?
4: I mean, you may. I mean, you've you got my stuff for years. Now, I've, I've done this multiple times over the years, yes. and it tends to cash. I think last year it didn't, and then five years before it did every single year, and most of the time recently it has. Um, 17 of the last 23 years, the second half has been the higher-scoring half. And even without that overtime game when New England and the Falcons played, it was still higher-scoring in the second half alone than no, the first half. So 17 out of 23, the second half has been higher-scoring. And, and in 55 Super Bowls, it's 62%. So long sample going back 55 years, it's 62% with a second-half higher scoring. And more recently, the trend has been even higher, 17 out of 23. I I think a lot of it has to do with in in a regular season when a team has a lead, they tend to get conservative, they sit on the lead, et cetera. I don't think teams do that. I don't think they have that mentality in the Super Bowl. A team of the lead in the Super Bowl is still going to be aggressive. They don't want to take a chance that they're going to blow it. So I think they play their normal game plan a little bit longer into the game and are more aggressive with a lead than they normally would be because the other team they respect. Whereas the team that's behind has nothing to lose, and they probably are more aggressive, and that could lead to either a big play on offense or a big play on defense. So I think that could be the reason. But whatever the reason is, it, it just happens to be the fact that second halves are higher scoring in the Super Bowl where they're not in the regular season. Um, so that's why I played the second half. Yeah. Uh, higher scoring uh, most years, I do that.
1: I'm wondering if that's intuitive or counterintuitive to people, because I, I would think a lot of people, their first reaction might be, oh, wait, even with like the end of the first half flurry, where teams, you know, kind of, even if there's like 56 seconds on the clock, right, they try to race downfield and score. So I, I'm not sure if that's intuitive, but that's, that's why the explanation is interesting to me. So it just It just has worked out that way throughout Super Bowl history.
4: Yeah, well, they do. The, you know the thing you just mentioned about trying to get a late score in the pre- that happens in the regular season too. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing different. You know.
1: Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's save the rest if you're willing. We can save the rest. We'll come after yep. the break uh, because uh, Bob has thoughts on uh, the Rams' number of third down conversions. Uh, he's got a bet on that. He's got a uh, bet on the Rams' number of sacks. That's set at three and a half. He's got a thought on the uh, total there. Uh, he has a thought on Matt Gay and whether he likes Matt Gay to go over or under seven and a half points. And then not a bet, but a lean on a long shot Super Bowl MVP that you might find interesting. Hmm, who could that be? Dr. Bob at Dr. Bob Sports and at drbobsports.com. At drbobsports on Twitter. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
0: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on V the sports betting
1: network. Tonight's the night at the South Point. Join our own Stormy Bonatoni, 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Jeff, you going to that? Betting and beers? No? To be determined. TVD from Jeff. He got me mid mid sip of water there. Oh, I'm sorry. Story's gonna be joined by our guys in the desert, Chrissy Andrews, my Mishbucha, Jimmy vaquero Vinny Maliulo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action that all three of those legends have seen over the years. The event is free. That's free for everyone over twenty-one. So stop by the South Point tonight, 6 p.m. for specials on Budweiser. Purchase signed copies of Chrissy's books, Then One Day, also Then One Year. And learn from all the bookmaking experts, Stormy and crew, betting and beers tonight, 6 p.m. free at the South Point. And uh, we'll be doing primetime action, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and I, a a stone's throw away, a stone's throw away here in the studio, and come by and say hello to us. By the way, tonight's primetime action, can 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 I piggyback on Stormy's event with ours? Primetime action tonight, listen to this list of guests to kick off our 56 hours of free Super Bowl coverage here on the network. We're going to play a Billy Walters clip again. For those who missed it, Brent Musburger, one-on-one interview with Billy Walters this Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. Does it get better? Jeffrey Parlay, does it get better than Brent Musburger in a one-on-one interview with Billy Walters? This is the holy grail of gambling interviews. You, you buried the lead, too, on top of it.
0: Not only is Brent there uh, interviewing Jimmy Vaccaro there as Jimmy's well. Jimmy's
1: there holding court. Yeah. That's right. So we get to run a clip of that tonight, but we will have on primetime action tonight, Roxy Roxborough in studio, Rufus Peabody in studio. Uh, on the phone, we will have uh, Captain Jack, Bill Krakenberger, Chrissy will stop by, Vinny will stop by when they're not with Stormy. Oh my goodness. Bob, we should have had you on, man. How you doing, Bob? Bob stole everybody.
4: Doing all right. Have you ever talked to Billy Walters? No, I have not. You have, though. He, um, We used to have conversations. Cause he, he used to get my information every year before he got uh, arrested. <laughs> but, uh, and he used to call me up once a year. I said, Bob, this is Bill. You know, he had a t- tennis, uh, I think he's Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Nice Kentucky, southern accent. He's so charming. Come on, I'm going to fly you out. You play my golf course. I'm like, oh. Man, it's about, I don't know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago or so. He's kind of like, I want to fly you out and I'm interested in, and maybe having you work for me. I'm like, ah, thank you, Billy, but I'll uh, on my own, I do my
2: own thing, but thank you. No, that, yeah, I kind of, you know. How many he's times? Like, the problem
4: is, Dr. Bob, because I like to bet on game day, and you're releasing your games before then, and now the lines are moving on a lot of the same games I want to bet. I'd rather have you in-house. <laughs>
1: That's a, that sounded like it was getting ugly there for a second. Wow. I'm like, well, I appreciate that. Uh, but The problem is, sounds like a scene from Ozark. The, the problem, problem is. is <laughs> I said, well, I, I kindly thank you
4: for the offer, Billy,
1: but uh-huh. I'm going to I'm gonna stay on my own. It's like Prop Joe from The Wire. I got a proposition for you. All right, Bob, uh, we've got a few more. At least more. you
4: didn't say it's an offer you can't refuse. At least I didn't yeah. get
1: that. Well, I'm glad you uh, came away uh came away with a good, with a good feeling unscathed about it, uh, unscathed and a good feeling. A gentleman.
4: Yeah, we always a Yeah, had, we always had nice conversations, and I, I was, I was quite, quite a charming fellow.
1: He is a charming fellow. We look forward to that interview with Brent. We look forward to playing a clip later this show. Uh, Billy Walters on analytics coming up uh, when Vinny's in here later, and we'll play a clip tonight. But Brent with the big interview, the exclusive noon Eastern right here on the network. All right, a few more of these to get through, Bob. Uh, the Rams' third down conversions. The line is set at five and a half. You went which way? I went
4: over uh, five and a half. It's sort of based on the Rams' average five point six third down conversions this season. All right, so they set the line at five and a half. The difference is that we have a few more third downs in this game. There's a couple reasons. The 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 Rams are likely to run the ball more in this game. The Bengals are very similar and profile defensively as the Arizona Cardinals who the Rams played three times. The Bengals are uh, uh, 20 they're 28th and 29th in, in, our, in my run defense rankings. And when McVeigh can not run the ball, he doesn't mind running the ball. And in three games against Arizona this year, uh, he ran the ball 47% of the time, which is much which is higher than his normal percentage of running the ball. And um, they've been running the ball more lately as well. 48% of the time during the postseason compared to only 41% of the time running the ball in the regular season. So they've been running the ball a little bit more, and I think they're going to have the lead, which will make them run the ball a little bit more. The thing about running the ball is you get more third and shorts, and third and shorts tend to convert more. Um, so the Rams have a 31% third-down conversion rate in the, in the games with the Cardinals, which is higher than their 27% uh, third-down conversion rate. During the regular season, or third, let's see. Well, no, what I meant to say is 27% of their first downs came from third downs in the regular season. 31% of their first downs came from, came from, uh, uh, 31% of the first downs came on third down conversions versus when they run the ball more. So they tend to get more of their uh, first downs on third downs when they're running the ball more because it's more third short. So basically we come up with seven third down conversions instead of five and a half, so. Kind of messed up the math there, but no, it's all right. There you have it, over over five and a half.
1: It's interesting. Five and a half third down conversions just intuitively seems low to begin with for both teams, to me. Just just on a blink, but I guess the numbers, you know, don't say that necessarily.
4: Well, they drive with the regular season, but like I said, they're going to run the ball more, more certain yeah. shorts. Also, if, if, if Cincinnati, part of the thing, they might drop, they might just decide to rush three again because they had so much success with that against Kansas City and drop eight in coverage. If they do that, they will say, "Fine, we'll just run." You know, and, and that'll set up more running more running plays and more third and shorts. And like I said, I just think they're going to run the ball, even maybe even more than I think.
1: All right, Rams, three and a half sacks. You went over here, which is no surprise based on your game handicap. That correlates.
4: Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, the Bengals' offensive line, the right side of the line is horrible. Uh, At the right guard, is a backup, who took over midseason, and, and since then they've you know, been giving up a 10% sack rate since since the has been in the right guard. Uh, he even got replaced, and the backup was even worse last week. So I, I'm assuming he'll be back in the lineup, But if not the backup, even worse. The center Hopkins ranks in the bottom part of the of his position, and pressures allowed, and so does Prince, who's a, who's pretty much a backup as well. Uh, so you've got three guys on the right side of the center and two to the right guard and right tackle who are terrible. And you've got Aaron Donald uh, on the center and guards, and you've got Von Miller on that side of the line. I mean, they're just going to wreak havoc on these guys. And on the other side, they've got Leonard Floyd, who's 18th in the league in sacks, and he's up against Jonah Williams, who's 45th out of 54 tackles in pressure rates allowed. So I just don't, you know, against Kansas City, Kansas City ranks in the bottom third in, in all the rush, you know, pass rush metrics. So it wasn't as big of a problem against Kansas City, but you saw what Tennessee did, and they're similar to the Rams in strength along the entire defensive line. I think it's going to be one of those situations. I mean, a 10% sack rate since week 10, and I project an 11% sack rate against the Rams, And if they drop back 39 times, which is what's projected, that's 4.3 sacks. So over 3.5, up to minus 130, I think is pretty good value here.
1: And Matt Gay, over 7.5 points, minus 145, you say, all the way up to minus 160, this is good.
4: Yeah, pretty simple here. I'll keep this quick. It's 17 of 20 games. Matt Gay scored eight points or more. In domes, where where kicking is easier and it's higher scoring in general, 13 out of 14 games, he went over, he had eight points or more in domes this season. So
0: Mm.
4: pretty simple.
1: Pretty simple. (laughs) He He just tends to score eight points or more. All right. And finally, you have an MVP lean on a bit of a long shot. What you got?
4: Well, if the Rams defensive line dominates, as I think they will, um, Than Aaron Donald at 11, he's anywhere from eight to one to 14 to one. So 11 to one is sort of a median off on him. So Aaron Donald at 11 to one or better, I just I think there's just value there. Uh, if the Rams defense dominates and they're going to give to one defensive lineman, chances are it's Donald just be, you know just because he's Aaron Donald and Von Miller won an MVP actually a few years ago. Uh, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that he wins one. But I just think. Donald is, is more likely to dominate the interior of this line, and, and uh, so I, I think there's a decent chance that uh, that eleven to one I think is pretty good value. Not enough for me to make a big bet on it, but if you want to bet the MVP, last year we had a bet on the MVP. We had Tom Brady at two to one, and yeah, that one worked out. So people have been asking me, who do you like for the MVP this year? Because last year I picked it. I'm like, well, I don't have a bet on it, but you know, if you're going to pick an MVP, I think there's value on, on Donald. Normally, there's right. not a lot of value on these MVP odds. But in this case, I think there's a little bit of
1: value. Nine defensive players have won MVP in the previous 55 Super Bowls. Here are Dr. Bob's bets. Then we'll put them on the screen. He's on the Rams minus the minus four over the Bengals in the big game. Then he's got the longest field goal over 47 and a half yards, minus 20 up to minus 130. Cam Akers over 15 and a half receiving yards, play that up to minus 117 total net yards under 765 and a half. Uh, Play it under all the way down to 750. Don't go lower than that. Second half is higher scoring half at minus 120 odds. Play that up to minus 140. Rams over five and a half third down conversions. Play that up to minus 130. Rams over three and a half sacks. Play it up to minus 130, even though he got it at even Matt Gay over seven and a half points. He got it at minus 145. Play it up to minus 160. And the MVP lean on Aaron Donald at 11 to one odds or better. Bob, thank you for the props. Thank you for the Billy Walters story. We appreciate that, that as well. The problem is, Dr. Bob, you put out your picks too early in the week for me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
4: this is, yeah, it's such a charming way of saying it. I'm looking forward to the interview. I didn't know that was happening, so I'm yes. actually going to tune into
1: that. It is uh, oh, it's awesome. Brent Musburger, one-on-one with Billy Walters on Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it, man. All right. Good luck this weekend. You too. drbobsports.com, at drbobsports on the Twitter machine. Paul Carr with his cross-sport soccer and Super Bowl props. And then Aaron shots from Football Outsiders. It's a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. go for a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app. It won't take you but a few seconds and place a $10 Moneyline wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use code SB200 when you make your first bet. You'll also earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay here as well. Jeff still got Steve Berline to come. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Vinny Maolio will run some of that uh, Brent Musburger, Billy Walters interview just a few minutes from that. Billy just speaking my language on analytics. Dr. Bob was pretty pumped about it, too. He's had experience with Billy, so he, he was very pumped about Brent's interview. So we look forward to that as well. Uh, by the way, uh, tennis picks. Tennis picks. So I had a good morning here before the show. Again, with global tennis, a lot of these things happen before we're on the air. But hit on uh, Irina Camelia Begu and on Jury Leheka. I'm sure those names mean a whole bunch to all you. And you're wondering if I have uh, a couple tweets about do I have any tennis picks today? Yes. One of them should start either during this show or right after. It is in Buenos Aires, or as every American announcer just insists on pronouncing it, Buenos Aires. Oh, it drives me nuts. So Buenos Aires in the Argentine Open, Argentina. Uh, I am on uh, Federico Del Bonis against Fabio Fanini. Um, It's always scary when you go up against Fabio Fanini, especially when you go up against him on clay. Uh, but the numbers check out on Del Bonus. So I am on uh, Federico Del Bonus in this one. And uh, the price that I got, you could pretty much get these numbers still uh, on both of these matches I'm about to give. But on this one, uh, I got Del Bonus at plus 100. And then the other one is a flyer. Uh, and not a flyer. I don't take flyers just to take flyers, but because the numbers actually check out. This won't be for everybody. But I'm taking Marton Fucevic, the Hungarian. Uh, at plus, you ready for this, plus 323 against the Russian Andrei Rublev. That's on an indoor hard court in Rotterdam. So plus 100 on Delbonis this morning, plus 323 on Martin Fukovic. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, against Fabio Fanini later. Ladies and gentlemen, he's on the show to talk about uh, the beautiful game usually with us soccer as we call it here stateside but oh he loves his NFL as well a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan and for us he now has cross sport soccer and Super Bowl 56 prop bets Paul Carr everybody how you doing Paulie Gil, I'm doing
3: well. This is one of my favorite weekends with the Super Bowl yes. and the ability to make these dumb slash fun soccer <laughs> football prop bets that you, know, you could probably make at times over the course of the season, but it's just better on the Super Bowl. You're you're the uh, perfect lots of fun here.
1: You're the perfect foil to Dr. Bob, who we just all is. Dr. Bob is all serious, right? He's got his props. He's, he's analyzed them numbers behind all of them, and you're like, let's have some fun with soccer football cross <laughs> bets. Some for everybody. Uh, let's right. let's start at the top. You have something involving uh, Serie A.
3: Yeah, this was my favorite
1: bet just from a pure
3: fun standpoint. And I'm not saying I don't believe these things. I'm not betting the house on them, but this is what I believe. And this is how we're going to have fun. So this is total Serie A goals on Sunday. There are six games, total goals in those six games, uh, minus one against Joe Mixon rush attempts. I'm taking the goals in the Serie A games. So six games. <laughs> yeah. These teams are averaging collectively well over three goals per game total. So that comes to, you know, 18 to 19 goals in those six games, Joe Mixon in the playoffs is at 17 rushes per game. That's inflated though, by, you know, five in overtime against the chiefs and, this also goes to kind of what I think the Super Bowl is going to play like where the game state, I think, will have the Rams ahead most of the time and Mixon won't run the ball as much because the Bengals are playing catch-up, et cetera. So I like total Serie A goals on Sunday, minus one against Joe Mixon, rush attempts, uh, minus 110 is the price I got that at.
1: All right. So for those that are not in the know, Serie A is the Italian major soccer That's right. league. In case you're That's looking right. to uh, make that better. Maybe you don't even care what it is. You'll just make the crossword <laughs> parlay. All right. And then we go to some uh, Bundesliga here in Germany, and you got this against the Rams sacks. What do you have here?
3: That's right. So this is union Berlin, Dortmund goals. So total goals in Sunday mornings, union Berlin, Dortmund game, uh, e- even, uh, even from a, a line standpoint against the Rams sacks. So my, the price is plus plus one thirty-five on the union Berlin, Dortmund goals, uh-huh. which is what I'm taking here. Now I'm going against the Rams sacks, which I know may be a little counterintuitive because we've all got that Bengals Titans game in our head, Uh, but I mean, Dr. Bob touched on it last segment, you know, the Rams over under for sacks is about three and a half. He's kind of projected a little above four. And that's really about where the ceiling is. I think for the Rams sacks, they only had five, uh, I think in three games this season out of their 20. So Union Berlin and Dortmund. Dortmund has been lighting it up. Their last five games have had five plus goals. So I'm expecting in the four to five goal range here uh, for the soccer game. Could you know obviously could be more. And I'm expecting the three to four range uh, for the sacks for the Rams. Because I mean, personally, I think. You see all those sacks the Titans had, and you think like, oh, eight or nine's in play. That's just a ton of sacks. It just doesn't happen very often in a game. So I like it in plus money, especially on Union Berlin, Dortmund, total goals. So plus 135, I'm playing that.
1: It's a nice little price there, plus 135. I also like how you've spread these around from uh, Italy to Germany, and now we are in the Premier League in England. What do you got here? Yeah, this is
3: another, yeah, it's it's kind of a dumb bet, not in the sense of making the bet, but it's just we're comparing two completely random things, which is fun here. So I'm taking Leicester City West Ham total corner kicks over the yards of the longest quarterback rush in the Super Bowl. So Leicester City and West Ham average about 11 <laughs> corner kicks total per game. Uh, Joe Burrow and Stafford have five rushes of 10 plus yards all season and none of them over I think 14 yards so you know I think we're going to get double digit corners in a game that should be back and forth up and down between Leicester City and West Ham and we know Burrow and Stafford not super mobile so we're probably looking at single digits there so uh, that's even money uh, taking Leicester City West Ham corners over the longest QB rush
1: I love it sweet corner kicks prop cross sport prop (laughs) with the uh, with Super Bowl 56 okay you are not above however Paul is not all about cross-sport parlays. He also makes actual Super Bowl 56 prop bets that have nothing to do with other sports. Uh, and this one, you know, this you, you have a couple of these. This first one, Evan McPherson, you're going over one and a half field goals made. And it's yep. minus 150. And to me, when I look at that prop, it, it's like, I can't imagine who would bet the under on this.
3: Yeah, and I think the numbers, I saw it at minus 130 yesterday. Like I made this bet, I think, last Monday right after it came out. Uh, so you might be able to get a better price, but yeah, he's made two field goals in 12 of his 19 games this year. Uh, he's had three plus in all the playoff games. Zach Taylor clearly trusts him from, you know, 50 plus yards and he Taylor isn't super aggressive on fourth down this season. So it just seems, yeah, you, you, I think Dr. Bob was referencing his point total over eight. Uh, he's heard a lot of things like that. For me, I've played the over one and a half field goals, which seems kind of straightforward, and I I thought it might be a little closer to minus 200. I I was happy at minus 150, and you might be able to find a better price, too.
1: Forget uh, Dr. Robert Stoll. How about Dr. Jeff Parlay? Jeff, you bet bet this same one, right? Yeah. yeah, I got minus one twenty on it yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Like, like I can't imagine somebody took an under one like who's I wanna know the person yeah. out there who took under one and a half on Evan McPherson field goals and is like comfortable living through that on Super on Super Bowl Sunday. Like that won't ruin your Sunday or anything. Like what's uh right. what's old Johnny doing in the corner? He's uh sweating Evan McPherson trying not to get <laughs> make field goals. Uh all right. And then this one I appreciate because it's sort of a uh It's sort of, I, I think it is. You'll tell me if this is what you're thinking. It kind of feels like a knock on Sean McVay. What do you have here?
3: Yeah. Jeff and I touched on this a little bit last week, but I like the Rams to call the first timeout in the game <laughs> at minus 115. And yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, and I have numbers to back this up. So uh, Mike Lopez with the NFL Analytics Department did a study on this in November. The Rams have called more unnecessary timeouts per game than any team in the league uh, since 2018 when McVay took over. Wow, almost Wait almost a three per game.
1: Hold yeah. on, stop the presses. So he tracks something called unnecessary timeouts.
3: Yep, and the definitions are, they're pretty much what you would expect. If you're not trying to stop the clock and save time, it's basically anything that's not that, whether you're on offense or defense. So the Rams, on an average game, have almost three between, you know, just calling them randomly in the first or second quarter, or wasting them challenging. Yeah, you know, that was a very small factor, but it was it was a little bit there. Yeah, they led the league, and it was 2.9 per game, and they've done it in the playoffs. They called one with 34 seconds left in the first quarter against the Niners, 41 seconds left in the first quarter against the Cardinals. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was three minutes left against the box. I think it was three terrible quarter. ones
1: in the last game. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah, I love it's just, that.
3: And my, I mean, I watched a lot of football with my dad and it almost became a running joke because I kind of mentioned it in passing, like is just wasting these timeouts. And then almost every game, the rest of the season, there was one comment. It was like a bingo card. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. And, yeah. So I like the Rams to call the first time out. This would include a failed challenge where you lose one minus Uh minus one fifteen is the price. And it's just a fun bet. Jeff pointed this out last week, Like it, any it play, it could, it could cash one way or the other on any play.
1: It's so much fun. That bet. Those are the, those are the five from Paul Carr, three cross sport two straight up Paul. Thank you so much. I love that last one. I love the last two ones. Uh, I couldn't tell you about the first three. They're probably awesome. Also <laughs> enjoy the game, man. Appreciate it.
3: I will. Same to you. We got Champions League next week. Get excited.
1: Oh, I am. Aaron shots next.
3: Numbers Game.